Hello and welcome to the Treasures Within podcast. I'm your host, Georgia G, multi-passionate success coach and healer for purpose-driven female entrepreneurs. If you're ready to get out of your own way so you can build a wildly profitable business from your passions, this show is for you. Tune in every Tuesday for inspiring interviews and mindset tools to heal self-sabotage so you can double your income, reach those big business goals that have eluded you up until now, and create a life of freedom and abundance on your own terms. My guest today is Melanie Killion, an acupuncturist, massage therapist, Reiki master, musician and integrated soul healer with nearly 20 years of experience in the health and wellness industry. Melanie is a firm believer in taking an holistic approach to health. She uses a combination of therapies to ease pain, both physical and emotional, and promote well-being in order to keep the mind, body and soul healthy. Melanie is also a multi-passionate entrepreneur and in this conversation we talk about how she was able to combine her multiple passions into one business, a unique perspective on healing and how she compares it to the ancient Japanese tradition of Kintsuji and their tips and tricks to protect yourself from other people's unwanted energy. Let's dive right in. Welcome Melanie, I'm so excited that you're here and to have our listeners hear your story. Can we start there? Can you share with us who you are, what you do and how you came to do this work? Yes, of course, Georgia, thank you so much for inviting me onto your podcast. I'm so excited to be here. We actually spoke about this, recording this podcast a year ago, and I was so excited then, but I just said to you, I really wasn't ready. And you're very patient and waited (laughs) until I felt ready. So yeah, so my journey, I'll tell you a bit about myself, where I am now and how I got here. So I'm an acupuncturist primarily, but I'm also a musician, a Reiki master and a massage therapist. And I combine all of those talents, as you were, or gifts into my work, therapeutically, mainly one-to-one in person with clients. So I've been practicing in the wellness industry for 20 years now. It's hard to believe that it's been that long since I graduated from college. But yes, I very much kept my music and my therapeutic work separate for a very long time, right up until about a year ago, when I embarked on this wonderful journey with Florence and uh, doing some soul searching and energetic work and coaching to, to discover how I could combine my musical talents with my therapeutic work. But it goes right back to a story I told myself in school when I was 14 or 15 and I just finished my GCSEs. I'd studied 11 subjects of GCSE, including music and drama and different languages and of course all the core subjects. And I was being told by my teachers at school that I had to narrow this down to just three or four core subjects to study at A-level. And I thought, how am I going to do this? I love everything that I study. I really want to study music and I really want to continue with my sciences. And I knew I wanted to be a physiotherapist, but 
music was just strong there that that I loved I loved singing I sang in choirs I had singing lessons piano lessons absolutely loved it I loved it so much that I felt if I studied it to a level it would end up becoming a chore you know it I might end up resenting it so I made a conscious choice at that age to pursue my academic subjects and keep music as a hobby. And I continued telling myself that story until very recently. (laughs) I continued doing music and singing alongside my studies and I qualified as a massage therapist and an acupuncturist. But alongside I was doing musical theatre, I was singing in choirs and actually in a very prestigious choir over here in Ireland where I live, I was singing with the RTE Philharmonic, which is the equivalent of the BBC Philharmonic Choir. So I was really pursuing my music to quite an extent, yet I was still telling myself, it's a hobby. It's a hobby. (laughs) But years and years of of working with clients one-to-one and becoming so sensitive to, to their energy, I knew that I had to work in a different way. I couldn't just continue hiding behind this label that I had created for myself, which was I'm a sports injuries specialist. I treat sports injuries with deep tissue massage and acupuncture. That was a label I had created for myself. I didn't want to call myself a healer for a very long time. I found it really hard to do that, I suppose, because I didn't really maybe understand what healing was or what it felt like to me. But by working on the limiting beliefs that were holding me back from stepping into my full authentic self, I was able to discover that actually I want to call myself a healer. That's what I am. I really very had to dig very, very deep and work very on a very deep level to let go of that fear of saying, this is what I do. I'm no longer a sports therapist. Do you know, I, I pain is so much more than the physical presentation. It is usually a physical manifestation of emotional trauma that has been trapped and held in the body for a long time. The work I was doing was so much more than just treating the physical symptoms. Clients would come to me and inevitably, as soon as I start working on them, they start the emotions start coming out. Through conversation usually, and sometimes it can be quite lighthearted and other times it can get quite intense and there can be tears and there can be I'm sure you've experienced this yourself in your work Georgia haven't you I have yes no and our clients themselves don't even realize it when they're coming to you they think they're coming to help fix a pain in their neck but really why why is that pain there if you haven't actually had say a whiplash injury in a car accident which of course comes with its own trauma but perhaps that's not the best example but if you haven't actually had an injury an accident then chronic pain is usually a manifestation as I said of emotional trauma and so getting back to the point of uh, because I became so much more aware of people's energy I felt I kept hearing in my head, as it were, I would call them the whispers of the soul, music, you need to do music, you need to do music. So I started exploring composing music for healing purposes. 
Um, and I composed some music for guided meditation, which I really enjoyed and found that just absolutely wonderful. But the truth of it is that is so time consuming. I have two little children and <laughs> they don't really allow mommy to disappear for hours <laughs> on end <laughs> to, to uh, go and compose music in peace and quiet, let's face it. So uh, I then kept thinking, oh, yeah, but maybe it isn't music for meditation yet. That I think will come in time. Perhaps it's it's working with one-to-one with clients with some form of music. And I didn't know how. And it was only when I had a conversation with somebody else actually on the course that we did, Georgia, together with Florence. She asked me, how, what is it that you see yourself doing? I said, I'd love to play an instrument in during the treatments. I said, that might just sound crazy, but that's what I want to do. Bear in mind that I had no idea at this stage that sound healing existed no idea. So after the conversation, I thought, right, I'm going to Google this instruments for healing, right? And all of a sudden, <laughs> Google <laughs> opened this massive door and said, look at this world, look at this wonderful world in front of you that you didn't even know existed, maybe subliminally, subconsciously, somewhere I, I had been receiving messages, but honestly never had. I didn't know that you could get a Tibetan singing bowl or a tuning fork that was created to vibrate at a very specific frequency and thereby helping with the healing process. Because we are all vibrating beings. We are all molecules made up of sound that vibrates and we all have our own innate frequency. And if you if you have trapped emotions, trauma, physical pain, anything that life, life gets us out of tune, it, it means our cells are not vibrating at the frequency that they were naturally meant to vibrate at. So by using the sounding healing instruments, you can bring your body back in tune. And I just was blown away by this concept. And the more I read about it, the more I said, I, I knew I had to study it. There was no two ways about it. I immediately researched all the different academies that were around for, for sound healing and discovered one that would allow me to incorporate sound healing into my existing practice. And so I studied multi-instruments and started incorporating it earlier last year or towards the end of last year with fantastic results. I mean, honestly, blows my mind every time at how quickly the sound healing instruments will initiate a relaxation response to the client. Acupuncture is wonderful at doing that and so is massage, but it takes a while to get a client into the relaxed state. Honestly, once I've used two or three times of, of a tuning fork, the client immediately, I can see it, I can feel it happen, immediately relaxes. It works on the brainwave states as well. We're all walking around buzzing around with this in this a really alert beta state, brainwave state, and the, the sound healing instruments just help to bring the brainwaves down from that buzzing beta brainwave state into your alpha, theta, delta meditative brainwave state. And so, yeah, before I get too carried away with the science. <laughs> Thank you for I, sharing. Yeah. There is so much to unpack in this story. And our parents, our teachers, they mean well. 
when they mm-hmm. ask us to niche down but that mm-hmm. can actually leave you in a confused state because now you have all these other pieces that you don't know how they fit in and I really want to acknowledge you for once to realize how to fit your music into your work you didn't doubt you just dove in and listened to that whisper of the soul and I have to say that you were hesitant to call yourself a healer and yet all your interests and all your passions they have that healing team what, what do you think you're so drawn to the healing words to being a healer why do I think I'm so drawn to it that's an interesting question Georgia I really feel I was drawn to it as a child I always felt like if a friend was sad for whatever reason, I, I always kind of had this inner knowing that if I just put my hand on their hands or put my hand on their shoulder, that it would help them feel better. A lot of us would have that anyway in us, don't we? We want to give somebody a hug if they're not feeling well, but there was something like I just knew that it would really make them feel better if I did that. This inner knowing and this want to kind of connect to a higher source whatever that might be I wasn't brought up particularly religious my parents didn't insist on on religion growing up but just knowing that there was more to to us than just the physical state that's probably the best way that I can describe it and I think also singing for me was my way of expressing my emotions I don't think I was very good at expressing my emotions as a child or even a teenager or a young adult, but through singing, I had no problem doing this. I could really, really put, just pour out my heart and soul into the song without questioning it and without feeling judged. So I suppose there's that healing element there and really hoping that while, while I was singing that, that it would evoke some emotions in the listener as well so that in itself I suppose is healing isn't it it is Um, and they asked because I do believe that our calling shows up early on in life the signs are all there but then we have to go into different directions like you said sometimes you don't feel like you can express a desire or pursue a certain path Mm-hmm. And but that past that core just doesn't go away, and at some point it's gonna catch up with you until you find all the missing pieces. Yeah. And since you incorporated your music and your sound healing into your practice, mm-hmm. have you seen different results, a better result in your patients? Yes, absolutely. And what I love is that clients seem to automatically be coming to me and saying, Melanie, I trust you. Whatever you feel I need, you if you feel that I need massage, acupuncture and Reiki and sound healing, then please go for it. And if it's just acupuncture, then great trust as well in a healer is huge. I'm kind of divulging a little bit here, but I do want to just talk about healing itself and what I feel it is, if that's OK, Georgia. Yes, please. Because I think a lot of people, including myself, prior to becoming a healer or calling myself a healer I perhaps thought of healers as someone who could fix things and I think a lot of people think that and really that's not what it is a healer cannot fix anything because well we're not really broke as a body it's really for me healing is more about supporting your body to restore itself really restoring balance and facilitating the healing in 
the client's body. So I'm not the healing the person. It's as it were, I am facilitating the healing. It is the client's body itself that does the And I also liken this to, to swimming. This is something I only discovered the other day. It was kind of an awakening moment as I was going for my swim. I absolutely love swimming and I have loved it since I was a child. And I, I was swimming through the water and suddenly occurred to me, that this is this is like healing the, the support you get from the water and really in order to swim you have to let go and trust that you will float so that you can move <laughs> forward it's very similar to healing you need to trust the healer or the person who is facilitating your healer you need to allow yourself and let go allow yourself to receive the healing in order to fully benefit or in order to float and swim. I love this expression of receiving the healing. I think lots of us think of healing like, oh, I'll have a pill and it will do its job and I will be healthy. But then it doesn't really happen, right? Sometimes right. we may treat the symptoms, but the underlying cause is still there. So That's can, right. You're not getting you... to the root of the problem. Yeah. So can you elaborate mm -hmm. more what you mean with receiving the healing? Yeah, sure. I mean, really, it's like that. So you, as a client lying on my treatment table, I always say to them, really, the most important thing is to be open to receiving the healing. So what I mean by that is remembering that your body knows how to heal itself. We're constantly, the body is constantly trying to restore balance and homeostasis. But you need to support it to do that. In order to do that, you need to feed yourself, nourish yourself well, sleep. All of these things are supporting your body to come to its, its balance. And let's face it, the majority of us are not really doing that. We might be running around eating lunch on the go, you know, reading the, the next article or something that we have to do while we're eating and rushing around and then, oh, going to bed later because something else is so much more important to do, all of these things. So you're not allowing your body to receive the healing. You're not giving it the support it needs. That's very, very important to remember that simple things, it all boils down to that simple lifestyle changes, simple simple healthy nourishing foods and just time to for self-care and so often people come to me and they're not looking after themselves and they're in an awful state so it finally gets that where they they need the extra support from someone like me yeah i love that we all done this we know that we are sick and we may get a pill or go to the gp mm -hmm. prescription but we still keep pushing we still keep working you get the pill then you go out to work and so it takes so long to actually heal and i'm so lucky that i can do this as a self-employed mm -hmm. if i had even just the hint of a cough or a cold i just lay in bed i stop everything and just lay in bed and next day i am fine and i have friends just in just peace and two weeks later they still are sick so yeah yes. just the idea of doing the things the work that we are doing the things that we are doing in front of our own well-being that is something that we are all doing and just making us even sicker yes you're absolutely right georgia yeah and i i recognize that it, it 
isn't possible for so many people. They have to keep going. Even me, as a mother, I have two young children. It's very hard for me to get the rest I need. I had COVID just before Christmas, as you know, Georgia, because we had to reschedule our recording. And I, I really had to fight to get three days in bed. Now, my husband is wonderful and he really did do his best but it was just day three he looked at me and went you're going back to bed again I said I can't I can't I can't go (laughs) but even having those three days to rest and really allow my body to rest I stayed in bed for the whole time I listened to really inspiring podcasts including your own treasures within um And I loved it. And I was reading inspiring books and just really trying to keep my mindset as positive as possible as well, because that is so important when you're trying to heal is is really to keep the vibrations as high. And one of the the first things you can do, the easiest things you can do to keep your vibration high is to practice gratitude. And I, I know you, I'm sure you talk about this all the time with your clients, Georgia, but really thinking of a few things that, that you're grateful for can automatically shift you into yes. this more positive state. Yes, it's true to say that medication often masks the, the true root cause of pain. But it is important to remember, obviously, that medication is vital in for a lot of people. I think in this context, we're really referring to over-the-counter pain medication that a lot of us might take quite frequently for a headache or a stiff neck, a sore back or these sorts of things. But if this happens repeatedly over a long period of time, really not addressing the root cause of the pain. In this instance, it's far more beneficial to address the root cause. Ask yourself, is this coming from muscular tension? Is there an underlying stress or emotion that could be triggering this pain? And how can I get help or support in order to treat the root cause of the pain? Of course, if you're on prescribed medication, then as an acupuncturist, I'm sure I'm not the only one who will say that it's it's vital to always consult with your doctor first before even considering coming off or reducing a dose of prescribed medication. And I would never suggest that anyone come off their medication without consulting their doctor first. I've always seen myself as a complementary healthcare therapist working alongside allopathic and conventional medicine. And in fact, there are a few, or in fact, there are GPs in my local town of Greystones who will refer people to me for pain management. So they know that I will always take into consideration any prescribed medication and treat holistically. Peace of mind. I think it's very important to life does not stop because you are sick. So recognize what still needs to be done and each mm-hmm. what does need to be done so that you can yes prioritizing right about doing the yeah. best you can right not like trying yeah. to do all the things or nothing at all that all or nothing thinking but just mm-hmm. what can i do right now to yeah. slow down in just a little bit and having a healer like you having that support whether it is once a week once in a while to have that space to fully mm-hmm. heal and let go and just come back to yourself. That is a mm-hmm. way to get the support that you need. Mm-hmm. And also, I think you probably agree with this, but let me know if you don't, that when we are fully healthy and happy, it's also harder to get sick. 
Not that it's impossible, but it's hard to get sick. Yeah. Do you mean harder in terms of it hits you harder or or you're healthier so you're not as likely to get sick what i'll just make sure i understand when you are happy when you're feeling grateful when you are in this high vibration yeah you're less likely to get yes that helps to protect against you yes you're absolutely right yeah yeah i totally agree with that i'm just glancing here at my notes and realized that i left out one really important or a couple of important things when it comes to healing if it's okay if i go back to that georgia (laughs) also so i talked about support but really when clients come to me i find a lot of the time they have they've been surviving in survival mode and ignoring emotions and feelings that keep coming up and as i said usually emotions and trauma manifest as physical pain but in order to help to heal that pain you have to accept what is so first of all accept accept the feeling not acknowledge the emotions that are coming up and allow yourself to feel because in that feeling in the actual feeling comes the healing if that makes sense. It's how you help to let go of the pain by feeling the emotions. And I really think this is a way of embracing your imperfections. I've said, certainly on my website, I've talked about the ancient Japanese art form of kintsugi, where they actually take broken pottery and mend it with golden glue so that they embrace its imperfections. And to me, that's another way of looking at healing. It's all about highlighting the cracks, not saying you're broken, you're, there's is anything wrong with it, embracing the imperfections. And for me, that's really a, one, a really lovely way of, of, of thinking of healing. It's so easy to think, oh, I'm sick, there's something wrong with me. But mm-hmm. that all just feeds the, mm-hmm. the illness in a way. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. It feeds it. You're so right. Whereas you want to embrace it, embrace the way your body is feeling, allow the light to shine through to help you heal. We are human beings, not human yeah. doings. Exactly. Because we I are so that. busy every day doing, doing, doing that we forget yeah. that we have emotions and oh, I can't feel this right now because I have to keep going. But actually, it's, it's through the feeling that you can get stronger and do more. At some point, if you are a human doing, you will get sick. That's right. And so actually, that brings me really nicely onto another point that I'd like to talk about, Georgia, which is self-care and how I protect my own energy Yes. A daily basis would you like to hear a little bit about that i was going to ask you then next so yeah. go ahead. <laughs> i jumped ahead sorry <laughs> for me it really starts first thing in the morning now bear in mind like i've already said i've got two young kids so setting an alarm for five o'clock is not going to work <laughs> because i need my sleep and i usually get woken up by a, a two-year-old jumping on top of me so i really have very little time to kind of wake in the morning i'm sure there are quite a few people who can relate to it but most mornings I will just kind of start to come around before they manage to get into into my room and I like to start by cleansing my aura first thing in the morning so how I do this is I, I say a little mantra which I will 
go through now in a minute. So I say my aura is cleansed and cleared, protected and sealed from all but the highest vibrations for my greatest good and highest joy. And I give thanks for this. So it's a really, thank you. Yes, it's a really simple mantra that my Reiki master taught me, wonderful Georgina Durkin. And she is amazing. She will actually set her alarm for five o'clock and get up and do all her meditate. In an ideal world, I would love to get up and do a meditation and, and read and do some yoga and have cacao or coffee or something. I would love to do all of that, but it's not happening at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> But those are all things you can bring into your morning routine. But I I find movement really helpful. So just get up and just kind of roll my shoulders a bit and lie on the floor, maybe hug my knees to my chest and and rock from side to side just to get that. But it, again, if you can get out into the fresh air, this is a wonderful, wonderful way. Nature, you've said it as well on some of your posts on Instagram. I've noticed that you encourage people to get out into nature Nature's wonderfully healing, but it also helps to connect us, to ground us into the earth because we're all so much in our heads all the time. But walking and being out in nature will help ground us and remind us of our place in, in this world rather than be staring at a screen all the time. And also movement, motion shifts emotion. You may have heard that phrase before, but I like to remind myself of that, particularly when I'm feeling tired and not wanting to do exercise or not wanting to get out I just say to myself motion shifts emotion get out even if it's only 10 minutes around the block or wherever you live around down the lane and back up again I'm so fortunate to live right by the sea so I can walk for 15 minutes and I'm right on the beach so it really is it's wonderful and so if you are lucky enough to live by the sea then do get out and use it because those negative ions that you absorb from the beach from the the sea air even the if you can get into the sea even better swim and really recharge your batteries those are tips that I those are little tricks that I do. Another wonderful thing at the end of the day is is a shower cleanse. So you remember that little mantra that I just talked you through a few minutes ago. You can do that in a shower as well and really visualize that shower kind of washing away any unwanted energy and down the drain. That's lovely. And, and a protective bubble. If it resonates with you, I, I sometimes give myself a protective bubble if I know I'm going into a really crowded place like I'm going into city centre Dublin city centre which doesn't happen often but <laughs> when I do go in I I do kind of really have to set some some proper boundaries and protect and visualizing a bubble around myself is a great way to do it because really we're especially if you're an empath you work with people a lot or you're sensitive you will pick up other people's unwanted energy and it's not fun when you're <laughs> when you get home after a day of being out amongst a whole load of people and you're suddenly exhausted that's usually a sign that you've picked up a lot of unwanted energy from other people that's something that i learned the hard way as mm -hmm, I, me too. I live in london and i remember before the pandemic i would mm -hmm. get on the tube and it would be just a quick 15-20 minute journey. A couple of hours later, I was already home and I was exhausted. And I thought, what's going on? I'm just going for a couple of hours, just a short trip. What yeah. is the problem? And mm -hmm. then during the pandemic, London just emptied 
and I could only go for walks, everything shut down, and I would be walking for two or three hours a day. I came home mm-hmm. so fresh, energized, and I thought, oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I realized that I would, it was my feeling trained was really from all the people around me, all that hectic energy, everyone going fast, there were the different emotions that everyone is feeling, that even though it didn't realize at the time, it was really draining my energy. So I really like this idea of the bubble, because even right now, the London is back to pre-pandemic busy levels. Yeah. It's really good to have a way to protect yourself so you can still go out, but you don't end up being so exhausted all the time exactly exactly yes yes it's very clever and it's very simple to do it there's another lovely Chinese proverb that says where the mind goes chi follows chi being energy so really that's all about intention so if you have the intention to protect your energy whatever it might be you can visualize a black cloak around yourself if you want whatever it feels right you can visualize a suit of armor if you need it (laughs) but the point is that the intention being the key if you set up an intention for something to work then generally your your body and your aura and your energetic field will be receptive to that so other things you can do as you said you you're going out into London and being around a lot of people and feeling that you're drained if when you come back as you walk in the front door really visualize visualize all of that energy leaving you so same clearing unwanted energy and really close the front door on it leave it outside you know what I mean and I love to light a candle once my kids have gone to bed and I'll go and light a candle and I like to ask for healing light to come through this candle so ask whatever resonates with you you can ask the source you can ask god you can ask the your higher self you can whatever it is just even just say i call on healing energy to come through this flame and clear my aura of any unwanted energy i think that's another little fill this room with healing light that sort of those sort of things i like to do little rituals or it could be even just having that mindful cup of coffee or cacao or tea and really make it into a little ritual, a simple ritual, just the intention that you're going to sit there and just enjoy this cup of tea, drink, whatever. It could be wine, whatever you want to take. Just have that little ritual for yourself. They're all little self-care tips. I love that. I think we met one year ago now it was a bit longer a little bit over so fast I remember the time you were still confused about your work how to blend it all together and how you are like so on purpose and aligned and I've been curious if in this past year be more than a year there have been any new habits rituals or beliefs that you have picked up that have allowed you to transform yes I think really practicing self-acceptance really would have to be one of the biggest things I've learned over the last year allowing myself to feel the emotions like I was talking about and knowing that every time emotions come up they're there to teach me a lesson so I ask myself why is this why is this presenting itself? Do you know what lessons am I meant to learn from this emotion? And usually that helps shift things very quickly because the answers tend to come quite quickly when you do that and you ask yourself. 
But yeah, practicing self-acceptance has been probably the biggest key for me and being really comfortable sharing myself completely. I think I've often, because I kept these two separate lives, as it were, with my music and my therapeutic work, I really feel that practicing being authentic and sharing all of myself really helped. And that would be even conversation with friends. I noticed that with a lot of friends, I was even leaving out half of my talents I wouldn't even mention to people that I was a musician half the time you know or or I didn't want to say I was studying sound healing or Reiki or that I was a Reiki master or any of these things I would just nope I'm a sports massage therapist I'm an acupuncturist I'm treat injury so practicing on friends and family first really just saying this is what I am this is who I am this is all of me and this is the way forward and you take it or leave it. <laughs> I think that's how it kind of helped me to really step into my authentic self, if that makes sense. <laughs> it does. Mm. Yes, and for someone that would like to go there, but still has some doubts, insecurities and fears about mm. truly accepting yourself, what advice would you give to that person? I would say lots of journaling. <laughs> <laughs> write them write out all of those feelings those doubts those insecurities if you feel that you can work on things at a deeper level maybe work with a coach I would say because I resisted that for a long time as well but I found that I think it's also because of the nature of of my job I thought I, I could heal myself <laughs> and in very many ways I have but I needed that support too so I reached out and I embarked on that group coaching course and I found yeah I suppose that would be another thing I would recommend to somebody who's feeling confused and maybe not able to bring all of their talents together or struggling to to niche down I would say work with a coach or get clear yourself give yourself time and space as a mother it's very very hard and I'm sure there are other mothers that are listening to this who will resonate with it finding the headspace to actually listen to yourself think <laughs> is hard do you know so make that time I think that was another thing making the time I wasn't giving myself time at all because I suppose we'd been in COVID lockdown I had no child care when I first we'd say a year and a half ago I had no child care I was homeschooling my daughter I had a newborn baby more or less at home as well and I think when I when I really let go of that wanting to be in control of my son's upbringing 100% and trying to do it all myself when I allowed myself to ask for help and found a childminder or found childcare solutions asked my husband for help and asked him to take you know the children more often to, so that I could have that time and space that really opened up my world as well just giving myself the time to think and ask myself what I needed what was it that I wanted you know what what would help me what would help bring more joy into my life so I suppose that would be something I would recommend other people to ask themselves what would bring more joy and write it out and keep a list 
that's another thing that my Reiki master taught me actually is write a joy list and I have a beautiful joy list I've done it up in colorful pens and put it up on my desk because I look at it every day and I pick one thing at least from the joy list and I try and do it so for me it's walking by the sea or singing music in some way, keeping my house clean, which to some people might seem like a chore and it is, but I love, I love things nice and neat and tidy because your environment is an extension of your energetic field. So if you can keep things decluttered and clean and tidy, it will help you feel calm and allow yourself the space then think clearly and become more clear on your thoughts that's amazing and after this interview i'm gonna go clear my own joy list that sounds Great. really fun <laughs> a good way to to end the conversation isn't it georgia yes is there anything that i haven't asked you yet that you would like to share before you wrap up um no do you know what i think i have shared everything i wanted to share really um i'm just i'm so grateful for this opportunity to share my story and i'm really grateful that you accepted my invitation as i mentioned we met a while ago and i really saw you transform in front of my eyes and i was like oh i actually have to have you on and share oh. with other people how they too can have the same instructor because when you're fully aligned with who you are that it into place that's mm. when the magic truly happens and so for anyone that wants to go deeper in this work they want to work with you where can they find you so my wonderful new website that i created towards the end of last year which is www.melaniekillian.com so i i'm sure georgia will put it in the oh, link yes. there the spelling and all of that <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm gonna put all the links in the show notes i encourage everyone to check you out and Thanks. connect with you Thank you very much, Georgia. Oh, thank you so much. This has been amazing. Thank you for listening to the Treasures Within podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, if you found even one small nugget here to help you get out of your own way and build a successful business, share this episode with a friend or two so they can benefit from it too. Please follow this show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a rating and a review. Believe it or not, every little action really does help to get the podcast found by other female entrepreneurs who need to hear this message too. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye for now. Hey, Georgia here. I want to take a quick moment to tell you something. A few years ago, I was stuck in what I call strategy hell. I was literally doing everything to grow my business. I was on all the social media platforms, doing webinars, going to networking events, writing blog posts, sending out newsletters, you name it, I did it. And my business was growing at a snail's pace. It was so frustrating because I couldn't have worked any harder. I was already overwhelmed and burned out. Do you ever feel like that? It wasn't until a random encounter with a coach that I realized being in strategy hell is a form of self-sabotage. You think you're doing everything to grow your business. 
In reality, you're stuck in busy work because you're afraid of what might happen if you went all in or reached your goals. In my case, I had a massive fear that if I became more successful than my family, my friends, and my partner, they wouldn't love me anymore and they leave me. This fear was buried so deep in my subconscious that I wasn't aware of it until I had a powerful session with my coach. And yet, the fear was running my business and making sure I'd never reached my goal. It was only once I healed the fear that I was able to double my income in a few short months. And my loved one didn't leave me. If you too are working hard, trying all these strategies to go to the next level in your business, you don't need one more strategy. You already have all the strategies you need. If nothing is working, it's because there's a limiting belief that's sabotaging all your efforts. Maybe like me, you're afraid that if you are too successful, you won't fit in with your friends and family anymore and you lose them. Maybe you don't think you are good enough at what you do and are afraid that if you put yourself out there in a big way, you'll be exposed as a fraud. Or maybe, deep down, you don't believe you're worthy of money and success. Whatever it is, trying to grow a business with these limiting beliefs running in your subconscious is like driving a car with a brake on. No matter how hard you try, you are going to stay stuck where you are. If you want to go to the next level in your business and reach those big income and business goals that have eluded you up until now, you must first heal all those limiting beliefs and all stories that are sabotaging you. Once those self-imposed limitations melt away, you'll be able to step out of strategy hell and confidently take action towards your goals. Those tasks that used to feel hard or scary, like going live on Instagram, doing sales calls, or being a regular guest on podcasts, will now feel easy and fun and you'll be able to reach your goals with ease. If you know, deep down, that healing those limiting beliefs and all stories is the missing piece in getting the results and money you want in your business and you are ready to drop the hustle and step into your six figures mindset, I invite you to book a discovery call with me. On the call, you get coaching on the number one limiting belief, the sabotaging your success and keeping you from reaching your next income level. And if we both feel it's a fit, you'll discover how we can work together to heal the limiting beliefs that are sabotaging you so you can finally build a wildly profitable business from your passions and enjoy financial allocation and time freedom. Remember, the world needs all of your treasures. It's your time to get out of your own way so you can do the work you are meant to do in the world and live a life of freedom on your own terms. These one-on-one calls are limited, so if you are ready to finally make your vision board become your reality, click on the link in the show notes and book in today.